0: My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm forty-four years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name
1: is Shannon. I'm
0: 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name
1: is Karen. I am 50 years old. My
0: name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. And I am an adult Irish dancer. dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. Hello, hello. Week 13. Lucky 13. It is the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. It's our 13th episode. My name is Jen Clark. Thank you for joining me. I so appreciate it. Happy to be back here with you. Uh, big, big thanks to everybody, uh, by the way, who reached out about Gillies um, or soft shoes, whatever the heck you call it. I, why does everything have to have a different name in Irish dance? <laughs> I was just complaining about that at class uh, with my classmate, uh, Karen, um, because I'm learning new steps at my new school. And of course, everything is called something different. And that just drives me crazy. Um, But I, I did finally break down and buy a new pair of soft shoes. I have had the same Gillies since I think 2003. Um, I remember I lost one of them on the way to a Fesh in Minnesota, and my it was all around my birthday, and my sister was with me, and she said, I'll buy you new Gillies for your birthday, and so um, I I got a new pair of Gillies, but I decided to use one of my old shoes and one of the new shoes, so I have a mismatched set of Gillies that are literally um, almost completely worn through. I mean, I'm shocked they don't have holes in them. It's, it's amazing how long they've lasted, but now that I'm I'm dancing with a new school and and hopefully planning on going to a like, you know, maybe I should be a big girl and get a new pair of Gillies. And I did. Uh, lots of people suggested Hullicon Pros. I got the Hullicon Pro 3. I'm very excited. To, um, they showed up in the mail today. I, I kind of may have run to the mailbox to get them. I'm very excited, though. It's been so long since I've gotten new Irish dance shoes. But thanks to everybody who who shot out suggestions for that, because I was just completely clueless as to what to buy, because it has literally been Almost 20 years since I've shopped for new soft shoes. So thank you. I'll let you know how the Helicon Pro 3s work out. You know a lot of you are getting ready for nationals next week, and I will be there to cheer you on. I'll be there Tuesday. Um, I don't have a booth or anything like that. This was kind of a last minute thing. Uh, I truly didn't know I would be living this close to Phoenix around nationals and didn't know I'd have this podcast. So I should have planned a, a little bit better ahead. But now that I have this podcast and I am, you know, an hour and a half south of Phoenix, I have decided to go and hand out some adult Irish dancers podcast swag to all of you adult dancers who are competing. Good luck. I am so excited for you. I'm excited to meet you. I'd love to get pictures with everybody. Um, I will be there. I'll have a a shirt on with the podcast logo on it and I'd love to see you and I will be hunting out adult Irish dancers. So um, if if a creepy tall blonde walks up to you with podcast swag, that's me. That's Jen. I'm Jen. Um, But I would love to meet you. I'm just so excited for everybody who's competing. I know the school I dance for, McGuire, here in Tucson, they have Um, quite a few dancers going to nationals. So it's going to be a big week for everybody. Um, Please rest up this weekend. I I told my, I hope she doesn't mind that I talk about her so much. She's my my only dance friend here in Tucson. Um, But Karen, she danced at a Fesh last weekend in Utah, and she's also competing at nationals. And I told her at class on Tuesday, I said, you look refreshed. I'm like, last week you looked like you were ready to pass out. And she said, you know, I am refreshed. And she, you know, she's taken her time before nationals, not competing anymore. Just, you know, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, rest up. And that's something we're going to talk about on the podcast today. I'm very excited to finally have um, a sports medicine doctor on the podcast who is also an adult Irish dancer. In just a few short minutes, we're going to be talking to Dr. Curtis Gale Dyer, who is an osteopathic manipulative therapy specialist based out of Lexington, Kentucky. He started dancing at the age of 40 um, when his wife uh, encouraged him to dance and she is competing a few levels above him. But I'm I'm very excited to talk to him about how he got started in Irish dance and just about taking care of yourself because I think he has such a wonderful insight on what we as adult Irish dancers should be doing to take care of ourselves. And I'm sure we're all guilty of it. I'm raising my hand right now of uh not taking care of myself at certain times. I mean, I I ride my bike a lot. I walk my dog every day, and then I Irish dance two or three times a week. Um, but, you know, I know there are other things I should be doing. I try to drink as much water as possible. I take my joint supplements, all that all that old Irish dancer stuff, um, adult Irish dancer problems, I guess you could call them. But I'm excited to talk to him about how what we can all do to take better care of ourselves as adult Irish dancers and prevent injury. Because once you get injured, I mean, it's just, it's it's done. And I'm not saying that your dance career is done, but, you know, the damage has been done. And not only do you have to repair the damage, but then you have to decide if and when you're going to come back from it. And I've been there, you know, breaking my ankle. And it wasn't wasn't a dance related break. It was on a boat in Hawaii, which, you know, it's not the worst place to break something. But um, still, my first thought was, well, my Irish dance career is over. I mean, that's literally the first thing I thought when I saw it swelling up. Um, and i worked really hard to come back from that. And I know there's things I could still continue doing um, uh, to strengthen it and make it better. So um, really, really great guest today. We're going to talk to Dr. Curtis Gale Dyer in just a few minutes. But speaking of nationals, um, I wanted to kind of pick the brains of anybody going to nationals in Phoenix next week. Um, I'm sure you're nervous and that's totally understandable. But if you are going to nationals next week, this week's question is what's your goal and What are you most nervous about? Because I, I'm a big believer that talking about things normalizes them. And it's okay to talk about being nervous for nationals. And it's okay to talk about your goals. These are all good things. Christy says, making it through my hornpipe and supporting my teammates. Caitlin says, my goals, dance my rounds with a big smile on my face and a strong finish. See all my dance friends, make new friends, and get a t-shirt. Sarah says my goal is to get through the dance without blanking, stumbling, or otherwise screwing up. I'm most nervous about the step part of my traditional set. When I began learning it back in 2018, it was taught an alternate version. A different teacher taught the set. Which is the normal traditional version. I learned in May yet from a third teacher that the step didn't go with the set that I needed. It's all good and well, but the correct step really doesn't play to my strengths at all. The flow is strange to me. So if I can get through the step and then move through the set smoothly, I'll be chuffed. I love that. Oh, poor Sarah. Sarah says she's had a nasty cold for two weeks and just can't seem to kick it. My practice schedule has been non-existent, adding to my nerves. Goal is just to dance two clean rounds. If I get a recall, that would be amazing, but I'll be happy with no stumbles or mistakes in my jigs. Jenny says, my goal is to get through two clean rounds without forgetting my steps and to not have any injuries. Man, the forgetting your steps thing. I am having such a hard time right now with my brand new hornpipe because I'm learning all new steps and a new style. I can definitely see the style in my new school. And I love my new steps. I just can't remember them. I get to a certain point and I totally blank. So I, I totally understand that. Amber says, my biggest goal is to place for prelim, but mostly just want to dance decent rounds. I'm nervous about my Achilles tendons. Hope they hold up so I can dance okay. Michaela says, my goal is to dance my best and hopefully not get last. I'm most nervous about injury. Grace says, have fun, don't get injured, lots of energy, stand out. I'm most nervous about keeping my foot healthy. In the meantime, I'm returning to dance after capsulitis. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds terrible. I hope you get through it as well. Take care of your foot. Kate, listen to this. This will be my first time competing in almost 15 years. I want to have fun and do my best. Also looking forward to meeting all of you. Oh, Kate, stop by. I want to meet you too. And I'm so proud of you for getting back into it after 15 years. That's a big jump and it's hard to do. Melissa says, I want to recall what I'm most nervous about, not being able to get my wig right. I'm not good with hair. Uh, apparently, you can pay vendors to do your hair now. Um, somebody said they paid somebody to do their hair at a Roctus. It was like $45, which, wow, like talk about a great money-making idea. Like I will absolutely pay somebody to put my wig on at a Roctus because... I'm never worried about my dress. I know the dress will stay in one place. And even if it doesn't, you know, I wear tights and, and you know, I, I, you can't see anything. So, you know, I, it's really hard to have a wardrobe malfunction. But it is much easier to have a wig malfunction. So I think that's a great idea. Karen says, I've had several health issues this past year, which has left me feeling less strong. I just started three months ago training for this. I've come a long way, but still have a lot to work on. I may be the oldest competitor as well. My goal is to give a strong, good performance and feel proud when I walk on Off the stage. I'm grateful for the opportunity to challenge myself and show that age does not define me. I have the same fears everyone else has. I've been working to conquer those, been listening to a lot of podcasts to create a new mindset and manifest my dreams because my challenges have been mental as well as physical. And that is so true and it is something we've talked about on this podcast about your mental health. I mean, your your mental health has to be in a good place for you to dance well and it, it may not have anything to do with dance, but I know we all beat ourselves up nonstop and that that's hard and and that's kind of hard. That's that's a tough thing to stop doing. So I Totally understand that. But I love Karen's attitude. And no, age does not define you, Karen. Catherine says, my goals are to recall and have clean rounds where I danced my best. I don't want to walk off stage feeling like I didn't give my all. I am nervous about blanking on steps and about slipping. Lately, it seems every heel step is a 50-50 chance. Oh, my gosh. And it sucks, too, when you see a dancer slip like it's your worst fear and all that's all you think about for the rest of the day i watched one of my own dancers um, slip on a heel step at a fesh and i swear like i could barely watch the rest of her dance cuz i was just so afraid she was going to hurt herself so badly luckily she was okay but totally understandable Jamie says, My goal is to do all my steps right. I never managed to do that. So far, I've been able to keep dancing when I mess up and pull it off. If I can get through my dances and be on time, I'll be thrilled. I'm not worried about a recall, but praying my daughter does. There's another challenge going to nationals when you have a child dancing there, too. That's tough. Kara says, senior lady here. I'm recovering from a foot fracture earlier this year. My goals are just to get through my two full rounds and get a t-shirt. I think that's a great goal. Everybody's like, I want a t-shirt too. We all are just going for the t-shirts apparently. Katie says, my goal is to dance my rounds on time. Timing is very hard for me. I'm hoping not to finish last. My fear is that I'll freeze and forget my steps or mess up so bad that I end up really far after the music ends. Christine says, goal is to be happy with my set when I take my bow. Melissa says, I'm dancing trad set. I've been dancing for 22 years. I want to do a dance adult champs, but life got in the way. I'm most worried about my heel and my plantar fasciitis keeping me from finishing. My goal is to recall. Ellen, also doing a trad set, hoping my focus on using my core translates that I point my toes and, of course, recall. Thank you to everybody who basically just fessed up to what you're nervous about. That's not something we all really want to talk about, but it's it's healthy for everybody to talk about what you're nervous about. Because look at how many of these these things that we're nervous about are similar. Think about that. I mean, we all just connected on so many things there. So thank you to everybody who chimed in on that this week. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Dr. Curtis Gail Dyer, who is an osteopathic doctor in Lexington, Kentucky, and also an adult Irish dancer. Very, very stoked to hear what he has to say and uh, get his thoughts on being an adult Irish dancer and staying healthy as an adult Irish dancer. That's coming up next on the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers dancers podcast. Welcome back to the adult Irish dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I'm your host. And I'm super excited to have Curtis Gale Dyer on the phone. Curtis, how are you?
1: I'm doing good.
0: And where are you located right now?
1: Lexington, Kentucky.
0: Okay, and and tell everybody what you do for a living because I got an email from you and I was super intrigued by it, which is why I wanted you on the podcast, but I'll let you introduce yourself as to what you do for a living and how um, you're involved in Irish dance and all that stuff.
1: So I am a physician. Uh, I am a DO, not an MD, but we'll get back to that in a moment. And I am board certified in what's called physical medicine and rehabilitation, uh, which for this for the sake of this podcast, has a sports medicine uh, flair to it. Um, I started a private practice where I do perform a form of manual medicine called osteopathic manipulation medicine, uh, which is the roots of being an osteopathic physician. Oh, uh, I got- I'm so
0: glad you explained that because I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that is initially how osteopathic medicine started, was mostly uh, using manual medicine uh, to help patients because in the late 1800s, the forms of treatment were pretty crude and were just starting to be, uh, science is starting to kind of pull out what was actually good and bad. Um, but since that time, the O's actually have now um, embraced uh, modern medicine. Uh, some of us still do the uh, manipulation like I do. I got involved with Irish Dance in 2013. Uh, I had just turned 40 at that point. My wife had been doing Irish Dance off and on for the past, two or three years I think it was roughly and uh she said why don't you try this and I'm like sure why not that (laughs) sounds like a great idea (laughs) so I got started and one of the things that I quickly well I didn't realize but my wife realized is I couldn't count music
0: oh my gosh so you've you have no musical background you didn't play an instrument or anything growing up like that
1: no no instrument no dance or anything of that nature uh I did do some dance with my wife prior, a little bit of waltz and contra, but I never realized I couldn't count music. And that was like the first hurdle for me in terms of Irish dance. And it wasn't until the September of 2014 where my wife figured out how she could teach me to count music. And that was very simple by putting reels and jigs on the radio while I drove through Seattle rush hour traffic.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, yes, uh, I lived in Seattle for a year and rush hour traffic will uh, eat a huge chunk of your life. Um, But that's a great it's a great time to do something like that. And that's so fascinating because I you know, you just don't think about it until somebody mentions it. And I had you know, I started dancing as a teenager and I also played multiple instruments. So the counting like it was never an issue for me, but I never thought about that, that that would be difficult for somebody. Did you really have to figure that out before you could dance or did it all just come together?
1: It was, it made it very difficult the first year because my instructor was always like, uh, Curtis, you're not on beat. Curtis, you're not on beat.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
1: <laughs> as we're doing, yeah, just as we're doing simple trees down, uh, down the uh, lanes, it was just like, yeah. And I never understood what she was saying until all of a sudden it finally clicked in <sighs> September of 2014. Wow. and then I understood what she was saying, and I was like, "Oh, now I know
0: you know you it's it's the old saying goes you can't be good at everything and you know you are a, an accomplished doctor and you just couldn't count to music it's not the end of the world you know you learn how and no. look, now you now you can you can say I know how to do it, so that's very very cool um did your wife compete or did she just dance recreationally when you joined her
1: so at that point, she was just doing mostly recreational, a few performances here and there. And okay. then once she joined McTaggers, uh then she started uh, competing some at that point.
0: And do you compete as well? Do you compete with her?
1: Uh, I do not compete with her. She dances about three or four levels above me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> but I have done a few uh, competitions, mostly Kaylee dancing, uh, eight hands and four hands. I did at our local School Fesh once do uh, solo, but I have not. And that was in 2019. And then obviously 2020 was 2020.
0: Yeah, right. So what level are you at then now? I mean, technically.
1: Technically, that's an interesting question because I don't really know where I would be classified. I think beginner would be the easiest way of phrasing it. Okay. Beginner, intermediate.
0: Okay, that's a, um, that's I, a good place to be. Yeah. Being a doctor is just one of those things that I'm so bad at science and chemistry and and all that stuff that I am just in awe of anybody who goes into the medical profession. How is it balancing your your career with Irish dance? Because I'm very lucky in that I, I'm a freelance writer and I get to write from home and make my own schedule. And, you know, you have a, quite an important job to do. So how is that, balancing the two of those?
1: Uh, for me, uh, the lucky factor is that I am one of the few physicians who is my own boss. Okay. I do oh, not that's why you work. said you
0: have your own practice.
1: Yeah. So I have my own practice. I do not work for anybody, so I can make my own schedule as as I wish. Um, and so that makes things a lot easier for me to be able to adjust my schedule and also make sure that I have time for me, uh, which is hard for a lot of physicians when they're working for uh, an employer.
0: So when you started dancing with your wife, I'm curious, you you couldn't count the music and you couldn't stay on beat. Did it ever discourage you to the point where you thought maybe this just isn't for me or were you just like hell bent on figuring it
1: out? I think I was just stubborn, I think is the way of phrasing it. I just, at first off is, uh, I just didn't even realize that was a problem. So realizing it was not a problem, I just kept on moving forward and yep. just kept on learning the basic steps and... Then once I actually realized what the problem was, I was like, oh, well, now it's not a problem.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's so interesting to watch dancers. For somebody like me, who I mean, my my skills as a, as a dancer need way more work than my counting. But you know, I watch dancers that are offbeat, and for me, I'm just like, oh, they can they not hear it? Like, you know, they're 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 going too fast, and and it's interesting to see. Like, it, I'm sure you were in the beginning, dancers like you who are just not aware of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How long did it take your teacher to figure it out?
1: Uh, my teacher at that time, I think, realized rather quickly.
0: I would say, I hope I hope it was quick. I hope this wasn't like six months, and then they're like, wow, I don't think you can count the music.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. She she figured it out very quickly at that point in time, and she was trying her best to uh, teach me, but I, I think there was different wavelengths going on, and we weren't able to sync up. It wasn't until my wife figured it out, and... And success was had.
0: So with your medical background, um, have you been able to be preventative about injuries as an adult Irish dancer?
1: I would say yes. Uh, there are definitely a lot of things that I think about differently, especially with my background in physical medicine and rehabilitation. I think about things all the time, especially in terms of biomechanics, in terms of how forces are being transmitted uh, through the body. So if you land on the ball of your foot, where's that force going to go if you're off kilter in one direction or the other? Also thinking about muscle imbalances and things of that nature. Uh, So those really help a lot. And then being a physician, one of the other things that helped with prevention was that I just basically started doing a lot more research and a lot more learning in terms of understanding more about dance medicine or even in general just sports medicine.
0: Well, yeah, and that's something that people have been talking about for decades is, you know, is Irish dance a sport? And I think it's being more recognized as a sport nowadays, which it absolutely should. I mean, the toll it takes on bodies, young and old, is quite impressive, which leads me to my next question. Um, What do you think is the number one mistake that adult Irish dancers make um, physically with their fitness in dancing? What do they not do? What do they do too much of? Uh, what, what's kind of been your observations on that?
1: My observations a lot of times is people just try to progress too quickly. They, they don't take the time to really hone in on some of the basics and then to move in on to the next step. Uh, and then there's also a special group, too, of uh, some dancers who have danced as teenagers, and then they come back 5, 10 years later And then they try to automatically do what they were doing before.
0: Yeah. And then that
1: gets them in trouble, Uh, ankle sprain.
0: I'm the queen of uh, ankle problems, so I totally understand that. It's something I – and I was just talking to a dancer yesterday at class about it because I'm the only dancer in the champ class that can't do – Toe stands, And it wasn't something I could do as a kid. It wasn't even popular when I was a kid. Like that just became a thing in the last, like, I'd say probably 15 years. Um, but I, I told my teacher, I said, hey, I'm going to need a substitute for this little part of the hornpipe because I can't do toe stands. <laughs> and I have had way, I mean, I broke my ankle two years ago. I've had too many sprains. And I, I just kind of had to come to a realization that, you know what, I'm 38. This is not going to be in the cards for me. And that's okay. <laughs> like it doesn't, it actually, it, it doesn't Bother me Now that I've come to terms with it. How do you feel about people um, attempting things like that after coming back from injury? Because it was something I considered... Um. After my phys- physical therapy for my ankle, I was like, maybe this is the time. Maybe I can do it. And now, in hindsight, I'm like, no, this is not the time. Like, you broke your ankle, and you're you're almost 40. Like, you need to know when to say stop. So how do you feel about people coming back from injury and doing things like that um, as adult Irish dancers?
1: Um, it's, it's an interesting question, and it probably goes from a case-by-case basis. Sure. But to me, I never like to tell a patient, no, you can't do that but what are the steps that we can do that might lead up to that to kind of give us an ideal of whether or not that's going to be possible or not. So taking small steps. Uh, I work a lot with my patients in doing what I call neuromuscular retraining. Just a fancy way of saying, let's make sure the right muscles are firing at the right time and the wrong muscles are not firing. And so that kind of comes into that thought process there. So if you want to do a toe stand, what are some of the breaking it down into the smaller components What are the ways we can maybe look at to see if you could work up to that point?
0: Have you had uh, or your wife as well? Have you guys had any injuries as adult Irish dancers?
1: (laughs) I have not. My wife has had to deal with uh, shin splints. Yeah. um, But surprisingly, she was able to fix with doing Shanos because all of a sudden, instead of doing more toe stands, she was doing more heel drops.
0: Yes! Oh my gosh, that seems like it should be such a like a, a logical thing, but that that makes a lot of sense. And I know I talked about that on a podcast a while back. I interviewed actually one of my adult Irish dance students that I taught back in Michigan, and she has had like a knee replacement, and she has a really hard time with you know just the traditional form of Irish dance. But when you get her doing No, she is so good, and you—I mean, her whole mm-hmm. body changes. So that. That makes a lot of sense. Is she still competing um, in traditional Irish dance or is she leaning more uh, towards the Sean Nose now?
1: Uh, She's still competing in traditional. Uh, She actually just finished up her grade. She actually finished up uh, grade seven about a week ago.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Good for her. That's great, and it's funny because I, I just got a message from one of my uh, dance parents from Michigan and said, oh, you know, uh, Riley has shin splints, and her fesh this weekend wasn't good, and the, the last time I had shin splints, I legitimately quit Irish dance for a year because I, I just didn't didn't know how to get rid of them. What would you say um, as, as far as people who have shin splints, adult Irish dancers, because that's such a common complaint. I mean, heck, in my champ class yesterday, there was a 16-year-old who said, ow, my shins hurt, and she had to sit down. Like, it's not necessarily um, and just an adult problem but what do you find helps with shin splints for Irish dancers
1: well so when thinking about it you got to think about internal and external factors so the first thing I think of is like external factors are you practicing on unsprung floors are you doing leaps and things of that nature on a floor that does not give so that can be problem number one and that can be an easy thing hopefully to fix yeah. Um, and then pro- and then internal would be basically then, okay, so the muscles aren't balanced. And so one of the things you can try to play around with is um, walking on your heels. So you're actually activating the anterior muscles in the calf, which is to be honest, anterior, to kind of give that a little bit more work Okay. and see how that would play out. I sometimes do that after I do calf raises just to kind of balance out the muscles. Oh, yeah. So, so things feel a little bit more smooth. And occasionally, too, you can do things like um, calf raises that do them with, uh, on a step, so you do a heel drop.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I did that all the time. <laughs> in my physical therapy after my, my ankle uh, break, that was being on the stairs and just going up and down. was. That's where you could find me in our house. But it's, it's really good for you even if you don't have an injury, especially for Irish dance.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And one of the other things, too, is just, conditioning, just trying to find maybe like uh, cross training or other activities that will then maybe work on the opposite muscles. As I said, like Shano's would be one example of trying to like work on the opposite muscles. Um, I know with me, I don't have as many ankle problems because I had an injury from running the Chicago Marathon and my right knee. And then when I was in residency, they were talking about the barefoot running which then I translated to four foot, midfoot, and hindfoot foot strike, which then translated to I have now gone to completely minimalist shoes. But it took me like two years wow. of training to get to that point.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, Let's touch on that for a second, because I'm a former runner myself. I, I did um, the Detroit half marathon and a couple other half marathons in Michigan. How did you feel? Because on a personal level, I did not feel like running helped my Irish dance at all. And I was doing them for this, at the same time for a couple of years. Do you think one benefits the other?
1: No. One of the problems with running versus Irish dance is running, you use a lot of slow twitch muscles. And in Irish dance, you're doing fast twitch. So they kind of are problematic against each other. And I've seen where some runners also, if they do Irish dance, they tend to be a little more injury prone because of the high impact from both of them.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's bad. I mean, there was, there was one, I remember that one week I was at dance class on a Friday night and I was running a half marathon on Sunday morning. And I, I just looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like, this is, this is a terrible idea. And sure enough, I was like limping for the next week. And I, am glad you said that because I always felt like the running should help my Irish dance, but it never did. So that's interesting. Did you have, um, did you have runner's knee or was it like a different kind of injury?
1: Uh, it was, I think, it was a bit of a strain on the MCL. Okay, I had a, combined with a little bit of um, what's referred to in the runner's world as uh, dumb butt syndrome. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know exactly what I'm talking you about. You Sure
0: do. <laughs> what? Tell everybody what that is who doesn't know.
1: <laughs> so, especially uh, being when you run, and you're especially running in some place like Michigan where it's really flat. You don't tend to use your glutes to pull your leg back. So your yep. glutes start to ch- shut down and not work. And then all of a sudden you start to run into problems where your hamstrings are overactivating because your boots aren't firing properly.
0: And the more we talk about it, the more I don't miss running. Like, I'm so glad <laughs> I am so glad I did it for the few years that I did, and I got a, half, a few half marathons done. But, man, like, it's just – it was brutal on the body. And and I just – it just isn't for everybody. Like, I managed to do it, but I wouldn't call myself, like, a runner. You know, there are people – there were people in my running groups who were in their 70s and have been doing this their whole life and had no problems with it. And here I am, you know, like, 35, complaining about my runner's knee and you know a you know a pain in my arches and it's, it's it's tough running is incredibly tough on the body just just like Irish dance um and, and speaking of that have you treated adult Irish dancers in your practice?
1: Yes I have <laughs> uh, I yes I have I've treated Irish dancers and I've gotten to the point now where I'm also starting to attract other types of dancers uh, some modern dancers I think she's in her 20s. And then there's, I've also recently been getting a couple adolescents too, which has been fun because as they come in and then I hear them talking about, uh, back pain in this one of one case, I'm like, so where are you practicing since this is the pandemic? Oh, I'm practicing in my dining room. So that means you're doing leaps. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, well, that's not good. That's not strong. You need to stop that. (laughs) So it's it's been very helpful to uh with my practice and it's actually helping me attract uh, another group of uh patients that are in need.
0: Well that's good and and like you said you've got some younger patients too. I mean preventative is mm. really the best way to go when it comes to your physical health because once you hurt yourself, you know, coming back from that is really hard. You're better off just uh, you know training your body not to get hurt when you Irish dance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm glad that I'm starting to see some of these younger like adolescents and kind of working with them early and being able to kind of help solve their problems.
0: Yeah, and you know, it was funny, in my champ class yesterday, I, I, I felt kind of like I was back in my early 20s, and you know, it was like a kind of a summer practice for Milwaukee Irish Fest class, and it was hot, and it was like three hours long, and I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see some of the dancers in their teens and 20s. Like taking breaks. I mean, they knew when to stop. And I, I, thought back to like when I was that age, and like you didn't stop ever. You didn't sit down. You didn't. We just beat the heck out of yourself. And I was so happy to see them like know their limits. And because I've told my dancers that for years, I'm like, you know, you can, you you can beat yourself up now, but if you hurt yourself you still might wake up when you're 40 and have that pain. So it's it's not really worth it. But I'm, I'm glad that younger people are, are seeking your help uh, in preventative uh, Irish dance injuries and, and that they're taking it seriously because really, if you're going to do it, you have to.
1: Definitely. And from everything I've been doing in terms of research and understanding the dance community as a whole in terms has been definitely understanding that how important rest is. I don't think I can stress how much rest is important to your performance as much as it is for practicing.
0: Oh, absolutely. To- totally and and the older I think the older you get, the more you figure out I need the rest. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing. I mean, I, I after my first champ class last week, I took the next day and literally did nothing. And you know what? Mm. By the day after that, I was I was ready to go again, but you need that time in between. And it's it's hard right now with nationals and everything. People are competing like crazy and and practicing. Oh, yeah. Um what would you what kind of advice would you give to um any adult Irish dancer? Maybe even in particular, Irish dancers going to nationals next week in Phoenix. What kind of advice would you give them as far as taking care of themselves?
1: Uh, Listen to their bodies. I mean, that is the biggest, biggest thing. And I teach a lot of my patients to better understand is listening to their body, understand when they're starting to fatigue or be overworked and, and take that time to rest as needed. I mean, I always keep on hopping back on the listening to your bodies and really paying attention to understanding what's going on. And if you do start to feel like something is not right, to maybe go seek a professional to get that checked out, to make sure you don't create an injury that you may have been able to prevent. Um, I also feel that with Irish dance, especially for adults, that just Irish dancing is not enough physical activity. You really need to probably do some conditioning of some sort. Pilates, yoga, traditional weightlifting, I mean, the list can go on and on, but something other than that, because when you're doing just Irish dance, that's, that's all the tank you have, and you don't have any extra tank of uh, gas in you, but with the conditioning, you can hopefully have a little bit fuller tank of gas so that when you do Irish dance, you only maybe need to use three quarters or a half of that tank so that you can actually do better and then hopefully also prevent injuries in the process.
0: What are your goals as an adult Irish dancer, and what are your wife's goals? I'm curious.
1: <laughs> um, that is an interesting question. Uh, I made. I actually kind of have some strange desire maybe to try to do grade one. Okay. And see. Uh, I think that is the level where I'm at right now. I'm always astonished at where I'm at and how I keep on pushing the limits, and actually having had no experience prior to the age of 40, how I'm still able to actually learn these things and be able to move forward. The big thing for me now is trying to get my heart shoe up to speed. Uh, I'm starting to finally be able to understand and remember steps better, but it's, it's trying to get those Getting it up to speed and keeping it going in a fast enough manner.
0: Oh, isn't it terrifying when you, you're you like, I've got it. And then they turn the music on and you're like, <laughs> nope, I don't got it.
1: I think one of the other ones that I just want to briefly touch on that, that some people can really pay attention to is um, core. Yes. I don't. I don't think I can stress enough how much people should be working on their core strength. I think core, 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 core. I think that if they can do anything to and actually strengthening their core. It would make their dancing so much better. It would solve a lot of problems, whether they realize it or not.
0: What kind of exercises do you recommend for core? If 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 somebody, let's say somebody can't make it to the gym or doesn't want to go to the gym, but they want to work on it at home, what can they do to strengthen their core?
1: That's a tricky question. I mean, the first thing I'm coming back to is there's a couple different ones that. Uh, People work on things like plank um, and bridge, but at the same time, especially bridge, if you don't do bridge correctly, you'll actually end up strengthening your hamstrings, and your glutes will stay turned off.
0: Huh. I, knew, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I know. I yeah, I worked with a few patients on this one, and they've been doing bridges for like ten years or fifteen years or whatever the case may be. And I have them go into a bridge, and then all of a sudden, I have them engage the quads a little bit. So that way, they can't fire the hamstrings. They're like, uh, uh, what's this new sensation?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, core is one of those, and I'm totally guilty of that. My core has never been my priority. And as much as I know it needs to be, and you're right, it probably will help things that I didn't even know I needed help with in dance.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it would be, there are a lot of things you can do on your own, but I think it's also good sometimes to, when you first start off on some of these exercises, to have, go to a class where somebody can actually correct you for a while and then you can maybe start to work on your own home routine. Um, Pilates is really good for that too also, Um, working one-on-one with instructor for a short period of time just to be able to get the the four exercises down pat and then go home and you can probably work on them then on your own in the future.
0: So tell everybody if they want to get a hold of you or kind of find out what you're all about, where they can uh, find you online, how they can get in touch with you.
1: The easiest way to get in touch with me is just my uh, website for my practice, which is lexosteo.com. And there is uh, on the webpage a uh, contact uh, button, and that will then give you my uh, office number and also my. uh, there's a spot there for uh, sending me a message uh, if anybody has any questions.
0: That's perfect, and if anybody missed that, I will get that info up at com. Curtis, thank you so much for reaching out. Like I said, I have been looking for a doctor to get on this podcast for forever, and when you said I'm an adult Irish dancer and a doctor, I said, perfect. This is great, <laughs> and I'm so glad we got you on here. Thank you so much for everything you do um, for dancers and, and for treating it like the sport that it is, and um, good luck in your grades. I think you should go for it, so good luck in your grades. I'll just say it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes yes uh not a problem if you have any more questions in the future uh, there's definitely much more i can talk about
0: absolutely and i would love to you know this could be a regular thing i would love to get you on again and we can focus on specific like you said core and and things like that so um let's touch base on that getting you on more regularly because i'd love to have you on again Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. We are wrapping it up for week 13. This is our last podcast before nationals. I'm not even going and I'm so excited. I mean, I'm going to watch basically... And a huge thank you to Christine, who is an adult Irish dancer who is letting me use her spectator pass um, because she doesn't have anybody coming with her. I, I thought that was so sweet, and I'm so excited to watch her dance and meet her and meet all of you. I will be at Nationals in Phoenix next Tuesday. I will have podcast swag with me, and it's free. I would just love to give it to you and take a picture. I want to put adult Irish dancers on the map. I want to get you guys out there and, you know, just have fun. I'm, I am i I can't, I've never competed on, on a, a national stage, like something at a or Nationals. That's just never something I've done. Um, and I know how nervous I get for just a regular, like, regional fesh. So I can't imagine what you're all feeling right now, but just know that you're doing it, and that's all that matters. And I know that's cliche, because you're like, yeah, I'm doing it, but I want to do it well. And I get that. But, you know, once you realize that you're doing something that the majority of people cannot do and are, still find absolutely amazing, it, it makes Makes it a little bit easier. I always told my dancers that back in Michigan when they would mess up during a show. I said, "Listen." Don't worry about it. The people watching don't know how to do what you're doing. They don't know you messed up, and they don't care. They think it's cool. So, um, you know, just remember that, that we are doing something that not everybody can do. Not everybody is cut out to be an Irish dancer, and the fact that we're doing it, not only that, but we are doing it as adults, because hashtag adulting is hard. Um, good for you, and I would love to see you next week um, at Nationals, so seek me out if you're there. On Tuesday, I'll be there with all the podcast swag. You can get in touch with me at podcast.com. And next week, we're going to talk to Erin Wyford McMaster. She is a seamstress for her daughter's dance school. She has two adult daughters who dance. And um, she has been one of the, the kind of pioneers of repurposing old solo dresses. And not only that but her niece donated a solo dress and we're going to talk about that. She's also one of the moderators of the Free Irish Dancewear Rehomed and Restyled page which if you're not on, you need to get on it. It's a wonderful page and it makes dance affordable for everybody by swapping stuff out and I love it and I can't wait to talk to her about her thoughts on restyling old solo dresses. I'm so excited about it. I love that trend. I just switched out the sleeves on my solo dress Um, so this is going to be awesome. Good luck to everybody. I will see you at Nationals on Tuesday and if I don't See you then. Hit me up, podcast.com. Have a wonderful week. Good luck, everybody. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Chris. I'm 45 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name's Patty. I'm 56 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am
1: 47 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My
0: name is Grace. I'm 28 years old, and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 38 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old, and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com.